Our juxtaposition for today is coming out of Luke 5. So we're doing this summer series of taking two scriptures and looking at them right around them, this, this periscope view. So turning in the Bibles and look on the screen here at Luke 5. These are two Bible stories which we've all know. If you went to Sunday school, you would know these stories. If you're back with Janice, you will know these stories. These are common stories we've heard. But when you put them right next to each other, as they are in Luke 5, all of a sudden you get this hmm thought that goes on. So the first story focuses on Peter. And yes, this is one of those Peter stories. Um, so as we read this, also consider this is one of the first times the disciples were with Jesus. And as you read this, look at their view of how they're trying to figure out who this Jesus is, why this Jesus chose them, what are they doing with this person, this, all, this new experience. And then we'll look at Peter. So beginning at verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, is that how you would say it too? Mm -hmm. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. Do you recognize the story? He got into their boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, which would be Peter also, put out of the deep water and let, this nets, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they, they pulled their boats up to shore, left everything, and followed him. So here we have this, this miracle that happened when that defied the laws of nature. And in the middle of this, at the end of it, when they're, again, trying to figure out this man talking to me? Why is he calling us, us, us? What does it mean? Simon's approach to Jesus is, look at it again in verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet or knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Let's put a pin in it right there and go on to verse 12. This is the next story. And immediately following the story is the one of, the, of a leper being healed. You guys remember this story, right? Let's read on. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. So here we have a leper with an advanced case of leprosy. So this is a grossly sick man. Now, just, just a little segue here. Leprosy, people think of this leprosy as like a skin disease that's all gross. It's actually a disease where your nerve endings are dying, and you don't have any pain. And believe
believe me, there's a whole sermon in there that I can't wait to teach you guys. But basically what happens is, say with like your eyes, you get a speck of dust in your eyes, but your nerve endings are dying. So your eyes aren't saying that you're in pain with your eyes, so your eye doesn't blink anymore. So then your eyes dry up and you get become blind and you get these, well, this funky, this funky eye look. People would love to see often go blind and it's pretty horrible looking. Or if you are, um, say, say you twist your ankle or break your ankle like someone's here is known to do. Um, you don't you don't feel the pain anymore because those nerve endings are dead and you keep walking on that broken ankle and it just becomes deformed and eventually, you know, it just comes crooked or a knob because things break off, toes break off. Um, like in India, um, like at night, the lepers are usually set to a colony. The rats will eat the toes and you don't know you, your toes are being eaten because of the numbness. So when I say he's grossly sick, I'm telling you, Okay, so we have this leper who's been ostracized from his family and from society because he's so sick. And we have here Peter, who has been chosen to follow Jesus, who is called into the inside group. I mean, it was Peter, I mean, it was Jesus who was actually teaching out of Peter's boat. But the leper's response when he saw Jesus coming saw an opportunity, saw something that maybe, maybe I can try something of this, and he did dared to approach Jesus and ask to be healed. And Jesus' response to the leper is, I love this, I am willing. Because this leper dared to approach Jesus, did something really brave, I think. He didn't let his life conditions define the situation because he believed somehow, despite everything going on with him, that he's worthy of something good happening to him. You know, Jesus also blessed the disciples. He gave them boatloads of fish that they never even considered or to even ask for. But Simon Peter's response was, remember it again? Please leave me. Please leave me. I'm a sinful man. So opposite. Peter was letting his past define him. What is the difference? One is shame, and one is worthiness. Let's talk about shame for a moment, because shame ooh, is one of my things I like to expose. It's, it just gets me, because shame is our story stealer. Shame keeps the tape inside your head that you are never enough, running and running and running. Shame is the root of scarcity. Shame exhausts. Shame is a liar. Shame changes truth into lies. Shame is exhausting because there's so many lies being told. You're exhausted because you got to try to keep up with those lies all the time. Shame causes us to talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to those we love and respect. Shame loves to be the voice in your head repeating again and again that you are never enough. The lies are thick with shame, yet we don't talk about them. We keep these lies buried deep inside of us. We're afraid to crack them open to let others see us for fear that they will see that the lies about us to be true. But they are still lies. Because shame thrives in secret keeping. Shame derives its very power by being unspeakable. The greatest shame of shame is that it causes you to believe a lie that you are bad. That 
that there is something wrong with you, that you are not good enough. And once you believe this, you start acting like something is wrong with you, that you are not good enough. And then life decisions are made because of those lies, and suddenly your life does become a real mess. And it feels like an unredeemable mess. But that's the shame too. Because it's not an unredeemable mess. But shame makes you feel like it's an unredeemable mess. Like you've gone too far, done too much, that you're beyond redemption. But you aren't beyond redemption. But shame loves to lie to you and makes you feel that way. Now understand, I am pro-guilt. Guilt is this gift of the Holy Spirit that convicts our souls. And I pray we encounter guilt as we walk our lives out. Guilt of maybe a sin that we are starting to fall into, and the Holy Spirit is convicting us of that. Guilt of having compassion that will lead us to having acts of compassion and doing something, that this triggering of the Holy Spirit, I am pro that. Shame is a whole other monster. Because shame lies to us about our very worthiness. So where does our very worthiness come from? It comes from this truth. And warning, this truth is a bit upside down. Because we often see us at the center of our relationship with God. Like we put us in the center like if we can do more or we can be good or we can, you know, do, it's us. But the truth is really very different. So here it is. You may believe that you believe in God, but the relationship starts because it is God who believes in you. Every morning you have a new day that is God saying he believes in you, that he is still holding on to you that you're worthy of another day of life, that you were enough the minute you were born. And despite all the dumb things you've done and all the sins you have committed, that is not changed because it is still God who has given you another day of life. You are worthy of good things happening to you. We were enough the minute we were born, the minute that God gave us another day of life. And this all hinges on God's movement towards us. In fact, the Bible tells us that it was God who spoke to us first, way back when we were in the womb. Psalm 51.6 says, Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. God taught you wisdom in the womb. What do you think he was teaching you? I want you to hold on to those thoughts for a moment because when we go to summer extension, you're going to be talking about that or writing about that or doing a project about that. Do you think it has anything to do with shame or was it all about your worthiness? This is where we start our lives. Here, how we understand this is how we approach the rest of our lives. You are worthy of good things happening to you, undeserved things. Things you don't have to strive for. Things you don't have to gain because you control the outcome. So when you think you aren't worthy of something good, think. Is there any shame involved in that voice? Then remember, shame is a liar 
extension groups, which began last week, and I think it went really, really well. Now, we're also going to have second hour today, and Diana's teaching, and I invite you guys. This is her last week. It's not too late to join in, but she has been a really fun teacher, so please stay before you go to the picnic, sit in class, and just thank her for teaching this unit. Even though you missed most of it, sit in there. So my responsibility this morning has been to preach super short. So you can have this time in summer extension and have second hour. So how do I do? Yeah, it's hard for us to do this. <laughs> so our four groups we're going to move into, like we did last week, we have here, this is going to be our small group, people I want to talk to each other. And I got some questions for you. Then there are those of you who might respond better to this by moving over to our table over here. You have to bring some chairs. And we have some journals there, and we invite you to, there's some questions on the table, to write down your response to today's sermon in there. Um, like we shared last week, this is, an, um, an, we ask you to write anonymously in there. We're trying, like, the sermon series Matt and I are doing are, it's disjointed yet jointed together. So what's happening in those journals is going to be an interesting Project. So please, please write, take any journal, the one you had last week or whatever, and just write the answers in. And let's see what develops with that. If you want to take a journal home because you want the privacy of it, you can do that too. But something interesting is happening in those journals. Not that I've seen them yet, but I think something cool is there. If you work better as a group and you want to do something with your hands, we have a group project back over here to do. And then if you respond to the word with prayer, Boy, we love you today, because if you can put words to shame in prayer, we're going to be a little bit more ahead of this game already, aren't we? So, um, prayer is here, small group is here, group, journaling, go. And we have a clock for 10 minutes. I will call you guys back up when you're done. So get lost in what you're doing. Don't worry about it. I preached short, you got time. 